Hello and welcome back. It's True Confessions Property Management. I'm your host, Rebecca Jenkins, and today, as always, we are hearing 100% real-life stories from property management professionals. If you're a first responder, ER doc, or you work on the Hill in DC, I know you have OMG stories, but what most people don't realize is that property managers do too. In an industry where fire, flood, or blood is just a normal saying, we have to act professional in the most unprofessional moments. Today, we're talking to Rachel. Remember, all names have been altered, communities, locations, and companies excluded, and the only thing you're going to hear is the juicy details of her story. Enjoy! Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. I'm excited to hear your stories, and I know um, you and I have had some past shared company history, but we've never actually worked together. So I, you know, I might even know some people in your stories. I'm, I'm excited to hear them. Yes, I'm excited to tell them. <laughs> I've, um, I've been in the industry since 2003. And I recently, well, a couple years ago in 2017, decided to kind of take a detour and still be in the industry, but not on site. Um, so I, I'm doing something different, but I'm still able to keep tabs on what's actually happening in, you know, that industry. So yeah, you were kind of more on the vendor side now, right? Just exactly. helping people. Exactly. I'm sure you have those crazy stories too, but for today, we're going to share your on-site experiences and what is your most outrageous one that you think you have? My most crazy story um, was at a property. It was actually my first property as a property manager. It's 330 units, so it's pretty good size. And we had a resident there that um, we had leased to. She was going to be moving, and she kind of told us a little bit of her past story, which a lot of residents or prospective residents do. They kind of tell you maybe why they're moving or what situation they might be getting out of, that kind of thing. And in this situation, she was getting out of um, a bad relationship. She had a restraining order on her ex-husband and um, you know, so sometimes with those residents, you have to be sensitive to that and understanding and um, maybe nurture them a little bit more than you may some other, you know, prospective residents or, or re- residents in general. Um, so she came in lease. We understood her story and we were sensitive to that. Uh, but we started kind of noticing strange things. She would come into the office and she'd ask us to uh, scan and email paperwork to her. And it was no problem, but some of the documents that she'd have us scan, we we realized were um, kind of like conspiracy theory type things. And one of the ideas that she had was that uh, this is when uh, uh, Obama was in uh, office. She believed that Obama and Vice President Biden were personally after her. <laughs> sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it is. Yeah. She thought that they were personally after her. They had a vendetta against her. And um, we noticed that she had paperwork saying that you know her children had been kidnapped and that they were being held for like ransom. Um did she have yeah. children? She did have children, come to find out, um, but we had never seen them. So we didn't find out later till like, we were like, okay, this whole time we're thinking, do these kids actually exist? You know, she talks about them. And 
I got to one point where she, a resident came to me, um, and she's like, you know, there's this lady at the pool and she's been taking pictures of me and the kids. And I don't, I don't know what her problem is, but can you please go talk to her? So of course I'm like, you know, we got to address this because it's not okay. And so I talked to her and, and she explains that you know, she didn't, she wasn't meaning to, but those kids, they kind of looked like her kids and she just was basically like, you know, missing her kids. And to a certain extent, you know, you're like, okay, you know, it's kind of weird. It's definitely weird. But at the same time, like she has other issues going on and again, try to be sympathetic. And at this point you can't prove that she's crazy. You know, you can't do when we screen residents, that's not part of the process. No. You know, I can't tell were you actually starting to believe I'm so sorry to interrupt, but were you actually starting to believe that her kids had, like were in a bad situation or had gotten kidnapped or No, at this point I'm like, okay, if you think Obama's, you know, after you and then she ended up telling me that um she had part ownership in the property and she had her own security like incognito detail like in their own apartments around the community i was like okay now oh, okay. now i know but you know little piece comes out at a time and you're like all right now i know she's like you know clearly crazy and then one day one of the another resident comes to me and she's like this resident has this other resident has been following me and she followed me in her car off of the property. And I was like, are you serious? Like, what do I do with this information? So, um, I ended up calling, um, our beat officer and kind of telling him and for people who don't know what a, a beat officer is, when you're a part of the crime free housing community, you have an officer assigned to your property. So, usually, you know, you have a good, hopefully you have a good relationship with them. So if things are going on when you're not there, like, you know, you're sent your emails, um, they can kind of handle situations uh, if you're not there, or they can help you when there are situations. So I'd reached out to him and kind of told him what was going on. And I'm like, is there anything I can do? And he's like, well, you know, the problem is, is that, People, unfortunately, are adults, and unless they're in danger uh, to themselves or someone else, there's really nothing that you can do. And I'm like, okay, well, at this point, I don't know what else to do. And I um, ended up finding out from my assistant manager that she had then followed her halfway home. And we live, my sister, uh, my assistant manager and I lived about 35 minutes from the property. So it's not close. And, and uh, so she ended up figuring out that she was following her and she ended up losing her. But after that, um, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. She's now followed two people. One of my employees, one of the residents, the final straw where I finally could prove that she was a danger to herself and other people was she... It's the summertime, you know, ACs need maintenance or they go out and I have my, my maintenance tech on the roof fixing the AC and all of a sudden he turns around and there she is on the <gasps> roof with him. No. Swear to God. I was like, oh my goodness. He called me like immediately. He he's like, "Ma'am, you can't be up here. Can I help you?" Thinking maybe, 
you know, there's kids that lost a ball. She's looking for a ball, like thinking that there's got to be a reason this lady would be on the roof. And so anyways, he helped her down, came to me right away. And so I give them my office. And while the social worker's talking to her, um, or later she tells me that she noticed that the lady was looking at things that were not there. So she was probably seeing things that were not there. And when we left her alone, we realized she's talking to herself. So something was clearly going on. Um, they ended up recommending for her to be committed. So they did commit her. Oh, they, my they, gosh. Yes. So, you know, and I feel bad. And I did try to call even her emergency contacts, like, prior to all this. Like, sure. I feel like I try to call, do my due diligence. Um and try to call her emergency contacts and see if anything, you know, if they knew of any medical issues or if they could come and check on her. And, you know, unfortunately, all that was the, the at least the um, references were, were fake. So we're not there. They were not even. How did she get on the roof? So was there a ladder? Like, and first yeah. of all, was it a two or a three-story building? Okay. So it was a two-story building. It was a flat roof, um, kind of like, you know, like the casita casita type yeah. mm-hmm. um style so it was flat roof she climbed up on the ladder my guy was fixing the ac and you know and i'm like this is this is crazy like he shouldn't have to like pull up the ladder at well the no bo- he's got to get down it. yeah like i'm saying like i don't you know what i mean like i uh and i just don't understand why she did that but again obviously she had some you know mental things going on um or matter you know mental health things that needed addressed. And I just feel really bad that she didn't have anybody here. And she may have potentially done that on purpose. Some people that have, you know, those type of issues, they do stray from their families. That's why we have so many homeless people, unfortunately, because of mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel bad that she didn't have anybody there to even recognize that. Um, but I feel like I did my due diligence to try to at least help her, but also, you know, help our community. Cause it was getting to the point where I was like, I, I don't know what to do, you know? And until she was a danger to herself, there was nothing I could do. Yeah. And then she started following. Yeah. You're, you're trying to protect the community and then look out for her. So it sounds like in the end, she ended up getting the help she needed because you were there to intercede on her behalf. So that is a good ending to the story, as, as sad as it is. But and as crazy of the antics that she is following people and stuff, I you know. did a good job. Really unbelievable. Yes. What other stories do you have? Ah, okay. <laughs> well, this one time, we we had a a lady in the community. She was an elderly lady. She was very sweet. She, she lived on a first floor apartment and she, um, uh, had lived there for a decent time. We had taken over this property. Um, my company had come in and taken over this property and we were rehabbing it and, you know, raising everybody's rent, kicking people out <laughs> and redoing the place <laughs> and just charging a lot more. We got crazy rent growth bonuses, which is awesome. Um, so that was an interesting property. So uh, we had a lot of things happen there too, but this particular lady, she um, couldn't see well. She, you know, she was elderly. She, she probably should have had some help um, as well. 
and you know even just from day-to-day things cleaning and you know appointments things like that and unfortunately she didn't have that um and one day we had her neighbors come into the apartment or come in from the apartment next door and they came into the office and they're like yeah um, we think we have bed bugs so we're like oh okay Yeah, so we're like, oh, okay, well, we'll schedule the company to come out with the dogs and, you know, see what we can find. And so we're not thinking, like, they're like, we don't know where it could have came from, but everybody says that, and half the time nobody figures it out anyway. <laughs> but um, so anyways, he, we ended up having the, the, dog, um, the dogs and the technician go over, and the guy comes back, and he's like, yeah. He's like, you have a probably a bigger issue. He said, I saw them coming from this electrical outlet. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. So we're going to need to get into the apartment next door to inspect next door. And I'm like, okay. So we have to, you know, schedule the resident, do a two-day, all sure. that stuff, right? So we ended up having him go over there. Well, it was infested. Infested with bed bugs. So bad that they didn't have enough food to just feed on her and had moved to the apartment next door where there was a nice little family living Ugh. was there like like was there like blood trails on the wall and stuff it, like, was, it was that bad it was in the walls we had to foam the <gasps> walls in between oh it was horrible we yeah that lady had to get rid of all of her furniture how was she not, like, bitten to pieces? She was, but she couldn't feel and or see the injury. Oh. Yep. I'm like, how do you go that long? Bed bugs are the grossest subject, and I swear we could do probably, like, five shows on bed bugs, but they're just so, they make your skin crawl so much, and unfortunately, like, they don't discriminate who gets them. No. I've and, had people in ugh. penthouses get them. It yes. does not discriminate. I had an opera singer living in a penthouse in a high rise in Denver, and she got him. So it can happen to anyone. This is just like, this is a good PSA for all the property managers listening to have a bottle of rubbing alcohol in a yes. squirt bottle in your yep. office yep. and squirt down everything in, at the mere mention of it. I'm so terrified to bring them home. Yes. I've worked with people that have, and luckily I've never had that happen, but I've heard stories. Oh, that's awful. So this girl, I mean, I've seen bad, but I've never had to foam walls. And I just, I've heard stories of when they get so bad that the walls look like kind of a crime scene. And luckily I've never had to be party to that. Is this kind of, is that what her apartment looked like? It was bad. Yes, it was very bad. They, yeah, I don't recall, like, because I was a leasing agent at the time. I'm like, I don't mm. remember, or, or no, is it the assistant? But I don't remember exactly what they ended up, my boss ended up handling most of that. But, yeah. Well, and it's not like you want to go in there. It's like no. the least amount of people that can go in there, go in there, because and you don't no one, want, yeah. You don't no want them to. in your place. Like, you don't even want them in your office. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's so gross. That is disgusting. Yeah. So that was that. Um, and then, I mean, I have so many more stories. Um, I was going to share one with you, but I think maybe I'll wait till a different time to do that. Okay. 
Um, I have a funny story actually Perfect. to end with. So I had this res or this assistant, or I was an assistant, and I had a leasing agent that I worked with, and it was just a three. It was just the three of us, our boss, I was assistant and our leasing person. And he was just a really funny guy. And um, he could get away with saying things to people that people would, I, anybody else saying it, it would be offensive. But people would laugh at, you know, and he really was great with people. It was just a different um, vibe with him. But anyways, um, one day this resident comes in to pay rent and it's, you know, they're like, well, we think it's to pay rent as, you know, rent's due. They're like, Hey, you know, rent's going to be late. And we're like, okay. You know, he's like, yeah, we just bought a house bo- or a boat. And, um, my, my leasing person's like, well, I hope it's a houseboat. <laughs> and like, if, you know, if you're not paying your rent, but you can buy a boat, you know, like, it was just so funny how he said it. Cause it's like, he could get away with that, but anybody else it would be like, you know, we're like, don't, don't say that like but it was funny we all have those thoughts I'm glad yeah but he actually said it yeah but he's like but I mean really like that that's one thing in property management that does kind of drive me crazy so people don't put their rent first like that's your that's you know I understand from time to time things happen and there's you know financial hardships and I am the first person to try to help you find help to fix that but at the same time, there are priorities. Like, was, was a boat worth paying your rent late for? So when he said that, did they have they a reaction? Laughed. They laughed. They were. They thought it was funny. Because, I mean, he laughed when he said it. He was like, well, I hope it's a houseboat. And they both laughed about it. I mean, it was just funny that. And then they just laughed. And then yeah. realized they had to pay a ton of late fees yeah. and legal fees. So that in yeah. the end, it cost them more money. Right. But it was just kind of funny, like, um, you know overhearing that because I'm like gasping like oh my god I can't believe you just said that <laughs> and then they're laughing about it so it was funny. I love it that is a very funny story to end on and I'm so glad that you came on and shared your stories of getting your resident committed and disgusting bed bugs but um thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you so much for having me I mean there's so many different things could have happened um and I was just in disbelief that this had happened. So I called the beat officer again and I'm like, you know, there's gotta be something we can do at this point. She could have actually hurt herself. Now, isn't that being a danger to yourself? So he sends a social worker out to come and talk with her. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you have your own outlandish property management stories, I'd love to hear them and possibly feature you on an upcoming episode. Go to my website, multifamilytrainer.com, click podcast and fill out the form. Then I'll reach out and we'll get you scheduled. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a review or tell a friend. Till next time, I'm Rebecca Jenkins, the multifamily trainer signing off. Have a wonderful week.